Loves the children of such is the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so that's me after singing like five songs. It's been three minutes. Three minutes since I started self-soothing. And it is April 11th, 2021. So thankfully, I could have this whole big 40-minute spiel this morning about this whole deal of how, you know, I kind of was... I wouldn't say talked into, but I was brought up in an environment that basically told me, if you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say it, you avoid arguments like the plague, and you just don't do anything that would be um, disorienting to anybody else. You just always, you know, like, it's better to be as peaceful as possible than anything else, and, and those kinds of things, right? Like, those are, you know, good things to live by, like, in certain seasons, for sure, of course, right? And I was noticing with myself that I was just getting to this extreme where it was just becoming unhealthy. Unhealthy to the point where it's like, okay, guys, like seriously, I can't just let, like live the whole rest of my life believing that like anything in my voice is like not okay and, and to have like all these rules to somehow like interrupt my, my spiel of what is my truth, you know? Because for sure there was seasons in my life when I was younger where it was like, okay, it was out of hand, you know? Like, I was saying truth, but I was using it in a way to belittle other people, right? Like, and it wasn't nice, right? Like, it just wasn't helpful. That's not a way to build a community, right? Like, that's how you destroy a community, right? So I was like, okay. So that's not helpful. Um, But now, being in a new situation of life where it's like, hey, yes, I get it, I understand, what diplomatic means, what it means to be nice, what it means to do all these things that are agreeable and peaceable, right? Like I get that, I'm kind of in an extreme in that way. And then I kind of feel the liberty in this season of my life to be like, but what about the other side, right? Like what if something really bugs me? What if something is super annoying? What if something is super frustrating? What if something is just like super inconvenient, super like inconsiderate, like disrespectful, like all of those kinds of things? And then there's that other part of me that's like, yeah, like, seriously, though, like, not to just totally dismiss it and be like, yeah, forgive and forget every second of the day. Like, and but then also recognizing like what hills I'm ready to die on, you know, which really aren't a lot of hills anyways, either. Right. Because like when I was learning about different compromise circles, basically, we came to this realization where it's like, hey, um, so anytime there's like us talking about, let's say, like things that we like or don't like. Like, it's really important to kind of find what is our common ground, right? Like, so basically, if there's conflict, we make these circles. On the outer circle is like, hey, these are all areas that I'm okay compromising about. And I'm okay being in a place of being like, yeah, that's okay. I can compromise that. And then the middle circle center area is the red zone, where it's like, this is something I'm not willing to budge on. You know, this is something that's like, I'm willing to not... I don't like, this is just like, this is just the way it's got to be because of who I am, what is not, what is perpetual for me and just like call it out as is, right? So when I learned about that, it was just really neat because I don't think I ever really established something that I felt like was perpetual, that I just felt like, oh, I couldn't budge on. I kind of just felt like everything was in the compromise circle. I just kind of thought that was it. But then over time, as I've been maturing, it's been really neat to actually pinpoint and be like, you know what? I'm a real human being. It's okay that I have preferences. It's okay that there are probably some things that are perpetual, that are in the center circle right now. You know? 
smallest sense where it's like, hey, um, you know, like little things, like little things, like I could just call triggers, you know? I could say the center circle is my triggers right now um, so that I could just like easily say that because basically that is what it is. It's like things that are triggers right now that I don't necessarily have control over. I haven't learned how to manage those triggers. They just are triggers and they cause me to feel like deeply sick inside, you know, deeply sick, deeply like disoriented, deeply like unsure and like deeply lost and not knowing where I'm going with something. And so, yeah, that makes total sense. It's like, yeah, there for sure are things in that center circle that I could say, yeah, there's for sure things in my life that, that are too hard for me to, to like bear, right? And, and then there's other parts where it's like, okay, well, it's not, it's hard, but it's doable. You know, there's something that we can do in moving forward to, to turn it into something, right? Whereas there's other things that are just like, no, this is just absolutely too hard. I can't even have a conversation about it very clearly. I just know this is the way it is for me. And that's the way it is, you know? And, you know, if I was to start leaning in that direction, maybe I could say something like, oh, hey, anything, something that comes up with screens, for example, that's a trigger for me typically. Because growing up, I felt like my childhood was robbed because of screens. Other things are like candy, for example. I felt like my childhood was robbed because of candy as well. You know, like I felt like I was robbed to sit, sit in front of a, a screen and eat candy all day long. And that I was like in that candy television jail for like however many years. And I just felt like I was neglected and I was left there to, because it was easy. It was like you just press the button and that's my babysitter for like my whole life. And so those are instant triggers for me whenever there's any instance where it's like, oh, well, how far is this going to go? Like, because we just can't rob someone's life and their, their precious time with like a device. Like we just can't do that. So then whenever something like that happens spontaneously, it's always a trigger of like, oh my goodness, like this is like really stressful for me because I feel like this is a, like, this is an instance where it's like, I know because of my past experience, it can lead to abuse way too quickly. So like, what, what can we do to create some structure around this? Like, that's like one trigger, right? Other triggers are like candy, right? And then it's just like, no, no, no. Like, I know that this can lead to abuse too. Abusing the, the, like the neglect of little people that will just eat candy all day long and get as many cavities as they would possibly want to, right? And not care until they're like 30 and they're the ones paying the bill, right? Like, and, and it's just like, no, like I just can't, I can't like compute those kinds of things in a way that is like, like, yeah, like they're just triggers. So it's just like, it's better for me to do cold turkey than to have to figure out some kind of like funny rules to somehow make it grapple in a way that like works. It's like, no, it's just like right now, it's just kind of, it just kind of is what it is. Like the triggers of, of past experience and personal testimony of different things. And it's just like, that's just how I feel about those things. So like, yeah, so if I could say those are my red circles, it's like, yeah, I have boundaries when it comes to like device usage, screen usage stuff. I have boundaries when it comes to like things that like immediately affect a person's health. Like, like it's just like, and then I also have boundaries about safety too. Cause it's like, you know, like a person will not understand why I have the boundaries I have until they have literally sat at the toilet with, with a little person who's crying their eyes out because they ate something that their body did not like, you know? And then they're sitting there crying their eyes out because it's so painful. And it's like, yeah, I know. I used to be that child. And I like promised that I wouldn't do this to anybody else. 
and here it's happening again. So then I have to like recommit to those promises. And then it's like, yeah, I have to recommit again when it's like I'm sitting at the hospital bed of a child that's crying their eyes out because they need to get their bodies put back together again, right? And it's like, this is not fun, right? Like, could we just have these boundaries and could, could people just like listen to me so that I don't have to sit at the bed at your bed and, and be with you at a time when we could have been preventative of this, right? Like, and that was like a thing growing up for me too. Like it was a high standard of safety. Like I was, like if anything, like my parents weren't disciplinary at all, but if they were about anything, it was like, oh, you got a scratch? Like they were so mad at me every time I had to get a Band-Aid. Like they were just so mad. Like they were just so like, no, 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 like, like just like verbally, just totally like, livid that I was so irresponsible to have to get like put back together right and so it's just like okay like I have to balance that out it's like as, as a grown adult sorting through it it's like well yeah like no big deal like people need to go through their mistakes so thankfully I've kind of leaned more towards the like yeah like I have other friends in my life that are also relaxed too so they're like yeah no big deal kids use knives get themselves cut however many times they need to get cut so that they can get their own experience to be like, yeah, it hurts. And then I need to be on repair for two weeks, like before I can take the next step in my life, right? Like that's kind of a drain, right? So then it's like, okay, yeah, like I've, I've kind of balanced out in that regard to be like, yeah, no, it's useful. It's a useful life experience to go through your own hospital visits and to go through some, like leaning on somebody else to put your body back together because we made a mistake, we made an accident, whatever it was. And it's good, right? It actually is. No matter how draining and how not fun and crass and boring that whole experience is, like it's actually very useful human experience. So like that's okay, right? So I'm like, you know, like yes, it's a trigger when it's like, hey, stressful, whatever. But like at least in that regard, I have come have calmed down a little. You know, like before I used to get like I used to kind of get livid too. I'd be like, oh my god, I was like, ah, like I freak out whenever there was like an instance of like fear of impending, because another trigger associated with that is like, hey, I birthed this child. Like I spent 10 plus hours sitting at the bed of whatever, waiting for this child to come and, and knowing at any instance, this child could be like potentially dying and I would need to rush to the hospital so that they could get the help that they needed, right? Um, because of whatever instances with childbirth. So it's like I've, I've done all the efforts that I possibly could have done to save the life of this child already from the get-go of their birth. And like whenever any of them are in an instant where there's like impending doom of some kind of hurt or like accident, it's like I get back into that zone again and I'm like, oh, birth mama mode. And so then the adrenaline runs and then I'm totally in this like save the child mentality. And so like that is very exhausting though. You know, so like I would much prefer to use my energy on creative stuff rather than like protecting and saving a life kind of stuff, right? So yeah, so for sure, like triggers for me in the past, like for sure the screen stuff, for sure the candy stuff, for sure like, you know, whatever it is, like the getting hurt, like having an accident, injury, injury, yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, and what else? What other triggers do I have? What, is the, what other like red zone stuff? Oh, the other trigger. Oh my goodness. I have this thing where it's like, hey, uh, when I find someone in my life that, that's face, facing me and I notice that they have something about them that's yang, more yang, I just can't do it. <laughs> it's like, I just can't do it. 
It's so hard for me to make friends with Yang type of people. It just really is. Like for the longest time, I actually coined them as evil. I said every Yang person that was ever born and created is absolutely evil. And that is just what they are. Yang means evil, right? And I just kind of like avoided any kind of relationships with a Yang type of people. Because in my past, in my past history, I was exposed to Yang type of people that made a lot of poor choices. So I just was like, yeah, that's everybody. Everybody that's that way makes poor choices, done. You know, they're untrustworthy, uncredible, unintelligent, like totally just like made for, for death doing, right? And then over time I started meeting these other people and I was like, oh goodness, that was a poor statement. That was like a poor judgment because really they're not evil. They are just like misunderstood. Right? Like they really are in my context anyways. I'm sure there's other people that can totally embrace them and be like, oh yeah, we're best friends instantly. But honestly, it takes me years to get to that point with my yang type of people in my life. You know, I have to specifically decide that yes, uh, yes, they're yang. And yes, I need to ask Heavenly Father for help to see them as he sees them, right? And so as I've taken the time to do that, there's been certain people in my life that I was gonna cut off and be like, yeah, you're yang cut off right like um but then i like felt that prompting be like no there's there's a very important reason for us to be in each other's life so it's like okay there is so i will like suck it up i will somehow will build myself through this and it's gonna work because it's heavenly father that that's doing this relationship right now like it's really not me i'm just this instrument person and he can just tell me what to say and he can just help me know what to do and that'll be fine right so thankfully, I've been able to come to terms with that with a lot of the Yang people in my life. Probably most all of them, right? Like, I've, I've been able to find a way to coexist with them, find a way to somehow talk with them, and somehow, you know, have any level of association of some sort, right? And like, you know, and then even sometimes I'll go out of my way to be like, yeah, I want to spend time with them, right? Like, I genuinely do. So that's been really helpful. Like, so that's kind of neat too, like how there's certain triggers that I haven't really found peace with, but then there's other triggers that's like, no, I found a little bit of peace there. Like a little bit of peace, you know? Like there's a beginning to that um, coming full circle kind of experience and being able to move on with my life. Um, so that's been nice, like really nice. So yeah, like triggers in the past, like screen stuff, candy stuff, like, um, injury stuff, like um, friendships with certain type of energies that, that, that say things in a certain way and that, um, that are just so like in your face, you know, like, I'm just so amazed, you know, like, and so that's been quite an interesting experience to somehow associate with people that are just constantly wanting to do that in your face kind of, um, kind of a behavior pattern or like personality type, whatever it is, right? Like it's just, okay, like that's what, that's, that's what I'm learning to do. And so like, let's see, any other trigger things? Oh yeah, <laughs> the cleaning thing, the cleaning thing. So like, okay, honestly, like if I were just living my heavenly life, I would just be in the air and there would be nothing around me. So I would just have clouds that clean themselves and I would never have to do any cleaning whatsoever because the ecosystem cleans itself. I would have created, just like Heavenly Father is a genius, maybe he didn't like cleaning either. Maybe, maybe, oh, who knows? 
I'm just making up stuff. But maybe there was a reason why he created an ecosystem and like all the animals to be in a system and like the eco, like the, the solar system to revolve around and do its thing because he was done with having to do every single step of the way, right? Like he just made it all interconnect with each other so that they were all automated in their own way, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, this, yes, this is what I need. Like that kind of genius, that's what I need to tap into with this whole like work at the sweat of your brow business that I am so not good at, right? It's like, could I just learn how to automate everything? And then I can just go sailing, you know, like, like my favorite author talks about. He's like, he felt like he needed to be a writer, but he really just wanted to write, like go sailing, right? Like he just wanted to go do that. In the same way that like, I feel like because there's no other choice right now, I need to be this some kind of a person that, that like rolls up her sleeves and somehow puts things together in a way that's like somewhat clean and like, you know, not even somewhat. Like ideally, I really would. I would love to be that great at like cleaning like the temple or like making a beautiful earth, like come on like that's able to like replenish itself and all of this kind of stuff, like that would be amazing, right? To be able to actually do that. And for right now, I'm just so like, I could say I'm lazy. Like I could say it, like maybe I'm just a bit lazy. And I'm just like, I just wanna go and draw. Like I just wanna go paint. Like I just wanna go write. I just wanna go and do my podcast, which thankfully I can do podcasts while I'm cleaning. So that's been a saving grace for me and my family that we don't have to be like dying in our junkyard of a home kind of experience and like and getting every disease known to man because of the uncleanliness but like that somehow i've been able to find a way to podcast so i can do something right i can do something like i can do the dishes that we just cleaned the other day i found this really cool like quote that was basically saying something like if you don't look forward to the thing that you are using in your home, then it doesn't belong in your home, right? Like if you don't look forward to using it, don't have it in your home kind of thing. And that was really eye-opening. I was like, really? Like I have permission to say that? Because really, if I was just going to say like my top things that I actually look forward to using on a daily basis, it'd be like, oh, well that's simple. It's like one, diapers. I love having cloth diapers. Two, a clothesline so I can put them on. Three, soap, so I can clean them, right? <laughs> like four, healthy foods to be able to make healthy meals with, right? And the tools that help me make those healthy foods, right? And then it's like, oh, what else? Um, sunshine, so I love having a yard kind of a space so I can do things outside and, and feel like I have my own private space to do that. Um, what else, like outdoor clothes so that I can go outside in every weather. Um, what else, like I love, I'm really grateful for my phone, which is kind of funny because in one like phase in my life, I was not, you know, I was just like, no, it's like totally from a source that is not helpful and all of this kind of stuff. But lately it's been actually really nice to be like, yeah, no, I really like having a device when I can use it appropriately because it actually does help support me. And then I felt even more supported when I looked at this like dyslexia kind of like tips thing square like diagram thing and one of the things they said that was like um, for, for people with dyslexia it is completely important and essential for them to have access to technology for them to process and like help them leverage all those other areas that they don't have the ability to do yet right as a support until they can get there right like kind of like somebody if they had an amputation they would need those technologies to help them 
feel like they can still do some of the things that they used to do when they had an arm or when they had a leg to do it with. So that's been really fun to be like, oh yeah, it's okay to appreciate and enjoy the technology that I get to use, right? That I can just podcast instead of writing out pages and pages and 20 to 40 pages of whatever I was inside my heart today. Like I can just talk it out and I can just say that's great. Like that I get to access that technology. In the same way that a person with an amputated whatever can be like, it's great that I have an arm to use or a, or a leg. Like it's okay. Like it doesn't have to, I don't have to feel shame that it's not my real one, right? Like I don't have to feel shame that I'm not actually legitimately writing it out, handwriting in the perfect penmanship from my actual fingers. Like I can, that I can just be saying it out of my voice and that's good. Thank you. We just had a, um, all these lids in our house that got put into a drawer and that was like so epic because they are so frustrating sometimes. But now they're all in a line and it is so pretty. So that was nice. Like I was just so glad, that was like 20 minutes ago that I was pretty tizzied out. I don't even remember why. I was probably tizzied, oh, the other trigger. Okay, yeah, so I was tizzied out because of that trigger uh, that I was just talking about of like the cleaning thing where it's like, I hate cleaning. Like, could we just be honest about it, right? And then it's like when I have one room that I had just cleaned or something, like, uh, or like did it, like, because sometimes I expect, you know, I already cleaned it. This was the one time I wanted to clean it this year. You know, I don't want to clean it again this year, right? Like 364 more days, I want that to not be my job, right? And then so then when other people are doing their thing and then making this space that I already did my, did my dues in, and then it's like, I feel like they're just like, it's like they're picking up dirt and they're slinging it at me and thinking that that's what I want to do today. You know, getting hit with dirt all day long, right? Like that's how I feel when I like already made a space the way that it was like, you know, I know, I know it's totally illegitimate. Like it's totally illegitimate. Like I cleaned the ho- the, that room like maybe two months ago and I have this expectation that I won't have to clean it again for the next year, right? And then, you know, when different things happen in that space, it's like, it just adds to the dirt that I feel like somebody else is piling on top of me that I'm going to have to shake off eventually once I get to that point where, I, where it bugs me so much that I can't stand it anymore, right? And so it's like, okay, so I'm sure there's a way to sort this out, right? Because like, clearly I can't just live the rest of my life expecting that everybody else is gonna be a cleaner and I can be the one that's not the cleaner, right? Like I just can't expect that out of everybody that I know, right? Like that knows me and be like, you can only be my friend if you're gonna clean up after my messes, right? (laughs) Like that's just not going to work, right? Like, thankfully though, I have been blessed with angels in my life and literally some of the most treasured people in my life are actually really good cleaners. So it actually works out really well for our relationship. (laughs) Because like, it's a symbiotic relationship. Like I make the mess and they clean it up. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. I feel so guilty. I feel so bad for the people that know me in my life because like, they get all the trash to pick up that I didn't have the detail enough to think of picking up. It's like, cause I can clean a space, right? But then somebody else that's actually good at cleaning will go through and they'll actually do it, right? Like they'll do all the other stuff that I miss. And it's just like, man, I don't even know what to do, right? It's like, I try to be helpful. And then it's like, it's like, it's almost like it was as helpful as a two year old, right? It's kind of just cute, helpful. It's not really like 
12 year old plus helpful where it's like, oh yeah, that was really meaningful, right? And so anyways, that's like another little trigger. It's like, okay, like we're gonna, we're gonna get through this, right? We're gonna get through this thing where, you know, I, I can have a healthy relationship with my level of ability and interest in being some kind of a cleaner person and, and we can just, we can just do this, right? We can do this. And so, yeah. So that's the other trigger. And I think, like for now, I think that's like, that's like legitimately it, right? Like that's like it. And then like, oh yeah. And then for sure I have other triggers, like about like, let's say kids, where it's like, I have this standard in my head, right? It's like I go back and forth, where it's like, because I had experienced so much neglect growing up, it became this thing where it was like, oh, well when I get to be in charge and be a steward over kids and stuff, it's gotta be absolute fun every time, all the time. It's gotta be a children's international festival every time we interact. So that's, I was able to do that when I was a babysitter. You know, it was always fun, it was always books, it was always games, it was always like all of that kind of stuff. It was always going to the park, it was always that. And then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be the best mom ever because I'm gonna be able to do all those things and I have energy too and I have the will so it's gonna happen. And then over time, I like birthed a baby. And then I was like, whoa, I need a break for like weeks, right? Like I need a break for months. I need a break for like 10 years, right? <laughs> like, cause it's like so exhausting and, so, and like, and it like literally kills something inside of a person when they go through that life experience of birth, birthing another person. It's like you, you totally destroy every ounce of your um, image, your every ounce of your, any sense of pride or any sense, you, it's like you're completely humiliated. That's what it feels like. When you birth a baby, like other people say it's like pooping a canoe, but no, it's not like pooping a canoe. It is, and it's like you have been completely humiliated on every cellular level. That's what birthing a baby is like. And it's also the most beautiful experience of a person's life because it's literally the moment in time when literally you put your whole heart and soul into something for something that is completely unrelated with you. Like, yes, the baby's life is attached to you and you have an umbilical cord, but literally, you put everything that you could possibly muster on the line so that another human being could live and you, would literally, you have literally decided that if it was a choice of their life or yours, you would say, let them live, I will die. That's what birthing a baby is like. And it's so beautiful to get to that level of being a human being where you care about someone else more than yourself to the point where you would literally choose for them to live before you did. And it's like you get a, an opportunity to feel the way that Jesus Christ did in an ounce, right? You get to feel it for one person in your life. In a way that Jesus Christ was able to feel that for every single person that ever lived, for every one of my brothers and sisters and myself. And it's just like, absolutely amazing right so then like you know who am I to like talk about all my triggers today right when like when at the, the end of the day Jesus Christ made it all good right it all's well that ends well and that's kind of the whole deal of what I'm I'm trying to say here is like for years and years I just avoided any kind of talking about triggers and complaints and any of this kind of stuff because I really do believe that if it's not okay 
it's not the end. So it's gonna be okay and it's gonna be fine anyways, right? I really actually deeply believe that and I feel like actually all's well that ends well because all will end well. So really all is well, right? Because it actually is. So it's like, yeah, no. Like I might have triggers, I might have things that I don't prefer and all of this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's already been taken care of. It's already been atoned for, like, I'm in a path where I can follow Jesus Christ. And so really, it's all gravy, baby. It just is. And I'm so glad for that.